It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm your host, Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing good. What's up with you? Not a whole lot. Just a quick turnaround here. Short week for the Titans uh, with the game on Thursday night against the Steelers. Malarkey uh, looks like he did a uh, conference call today instead of the usual press conference. I guess that's just the timing thing and trying to get ready for uh, the the game here on a short week. But the biggest news out of that was that they kind of expect everybody to play, it sounds like. Quinn who's missed the last two games, has a good chance of getting back. Um, they said that Delaney Walker has a wrist injury from that hit uh, late in the game on Sunday. But uh, was it, or was it Hunter Wilder? We saw on him before the start of the show. <laughs> uh, Malarkey said that uh, he, you know, he expected him to be able to play. And then Mariota was a little bit banged up on that last drive as well. He had a shoulder and an ankle um, that, that were bothering him. But um, sounded sounded pretty confident that everybody would be able to play. So it sounds like we might actually get defense at full strength, which we haven't seen since week one against the Raiders. Yeah, and it's it's weird. I feel like we've talked about injuries a lot, but the Titans have been pretty fortunate, you know, knock on wood, uh, that they haven't lost anybody for the year. Uh, just a bunch of uh, bumps and bruises and dings and, and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, DeMarco Murray looked pretty healthy the other day. Delaney Walker looked fine until that hit in the end zone. Uh, so add that wrist injury, I guess it was, to, to his laundry list of injuries. So, uh, Titans are still in good shape with, with with injuries, which is rare once you get to week 10, 11, 12 of the NFL season. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, they he didn't mention Delaney's ankle today. So I don't know if it was just more that the wrist is a, is a bigger deal now or if Delaney has moved past that. So hopefully hopefully that's the case. I mean, hopefully he's moved past that and, and the wrist won't be too big of a deal. And so, I mean, we'll see. You know, the, these Thursday night games the last couple of weeks, you need some, some tough injuries in those. So hopefully the Titans don't suffer anything like that. Um, it's just it's, it's tough on these guys with this short turnaround. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. A uh, couple of things to kind of wrap up the beam. We were talking a little bit before we got on here about uh, we were just looking at the, at the snap count numbers. And I know that one of the things that stood out was, you know, Dory Jackson got seven snaps on offense which was uh, the high so far uh, for the year. And, and I think he just got maybe three the week before. Um, I doubt that that number is going to creep up much higher. But, I mean, seven snaps is, is a pretty – that's a pretty legitimate number uh, on offense there. And, I mean, it shows that they're – that, that he, I mean, I think he's going to be a part of this offense going forward. And he has to be. Uh, how, how can he not be after what he's shown in, in two weeks, you know? Uh, we're just kind of scratching the surface with him. Uh, the other thing with with Adoree, he was the top of the grade from PFF for the Titans. Uh, 84.8 for him. PFF says he was targeted eight times, only allowed four completions for 27 yards, uh, two pass breakups. So uh, I said it's really coming along. He's becoming quickly one of the Titans' best players, which, you know, if I had said that week one or two, you said I was probably crazy. But he's just coming along so quickly defensively, and now you throw him in offensively, you kind of got to be worried about overworking the guy. But at the same time, how can you not use him on offense after what we've seen for two weeks? 
Well, and, you know, he said it last night that he honestly at this point might be their best running back, uh, which is obviously <laughs> a little bit ridiculous. But um, you know, he just he has that burst that you you don't see from many guys. Just, you know, he's got that world class speed. So you know, it, it's not fair to say, well, you know, Derek Henry or Demarco Murray don't show that show that burst because, like I said, there, there's very few people on this earth that can they can show the burst that the that Dory Jackson has. But um, yeah, I mean, just he, he can be a difference maker and. We were talking a little bit about, I guess you said there's somebody for the Dolphins that's playing a lot uh, on offense and defense. Um, but, you know, it's not something you see very more. I mean, like we said, you'll, you'll see a guy, a defensive lineman coming on the, on the goal line or something, but it's rare to see a guy making an impact on both sides of the ball. And like you said, you know, they uh, he's a corner first. That's what they drafted him. That's what they needed. You know, and he's 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 been good all year. Yeah, sure. There there've been some mistakes, no doubt about it. He's a rookie. You're going to see that. But you know, we we've kind of been saying all along, hey, look, he's playing he's playing pretty well. And again, I think he's playing better than even John Robinson probably thought he'd play at this point because I, I really do think they thought there was going to be some developmental time needed. Um, and we we you know this is kind of a, a dead horse we've been beating. But just with the fact that he did split his time at USC. Didn't do spring practice, all, all that kind of stuff. I, I really thought we'd been okay with him kind of coming along slowly, you know, knowing where his ceiling is and hoping that he would eventually reach that. But I don't know. I, I really do think that probably they are even surprised at the impact he's made as a corner so far. Yeah, and, and the kind of the thing he's done for me is, uh, hey, man, this team really needs uh, a back with some juice. This team really needs a back that can – you know, get out in space, make some people miss. Uh, needs a guy with some burst. Uh, and, and I've said that a bunch, but look at Adore Jackson and look what he's done for this team. So, and you know, you don't see two way players last on both sides of the ball for very long in their careers. It, it, for just for whatever reason, it just doesn't happen. Uh, so the Titans are going to need him down the road defensively more than ever. So it's going to be on John Robinson to kind of fix that and and, and add a, a back into the mix that can do some things that Dory is doing. And maybe that guy's Taylor Taylor. Like, I'm not sure why they haven't done that with him yet. They did it a little in the preseason. Uh, but he that I would look like if the Titans are worried about overdoing it with Dory, uh, maybe do some of the same things with, with Taylor Taylor because, you know, they've, they've kind of got the same skill set. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, we'll talk about the um – the line for the Titans game, which came out probably last night, but I, I saw it this morning. Uh, Steelers are a seven-point favorite at home against the Titans. Were you surprised that it was that high? No, uh, Steelers at home uh, for whatever reason. And if DFS, like we do, you know this. Steelers at home are a different team, uh, and, and I don't know why they can't play on the road. But uh, when they when they get to Pittsburgh, everything just seems to click for them. Uh, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Big Ben, uh, still a pretty good defense. I- I'm not surprised. Uh, Pittsburgh, primetime spot, uh, maybe a little higher than I thought, but that's about the range that I was thinking. Yeah, I, I guess I was, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was thinking it was going to be something like four or five, and obviously a little bit higher than that. But, I mean, we'll see. And, and we, you know, this is this is by, and we're going to get more into Pittsburgh later in the week, but, you know, this is this is a big spot for the Titans. If they can go in there and win this game, you know, obviously national TV audience only game being on, it's really going to move the needle. And you're going to hear a lot more conversation about the Titans, about how good they are. And and I think you know, a few plays here or there in these last couple of games, especially 
and, and they would have put these teams away, put the Ravens away, put the Bengals away. You know, just a different, a little bit different perception of them had they been able to do those things. They weren't. But if they can go in to Pittsburgh, and even even if they win ugly, I think against the Steelers, I think people are really going to start to take notice at that point. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, it, it's about perception, um, and I think you're seeing that. You know, the Titans were kind of the darling of, of the off season. Everybody was was kind of on them. If you looked at off season power rankings, the Titans were near the top, usually in the top five, even. Um, but now that they've kind of they dropped that game against Miami, that's a bad one. They didn't have Mariota. They got blown away by Houston. I think people still remember that. So they're not winning impressively. And until they do, uh, you know, ESPN, the the big media outlets, they're not going to really take notice. But at the same time, you're six and though. Who cares what they say? Yeah, absolutely. In a good proposition. Um, so now it's really a two-horse race in the AFC South. And coming up, we're going to give a few thoughts on the other horse in that race, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging, with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so like we said, you're looking at two six and three teams in the FC South. We can officially bury the Texans with just with not having Deshaun Watts anymore. Tom Savage is terrible. Um, they're just they're just a giant mess. So both of those teams are you know all but out of it at this point. So you you have the Titans and, and the Jaguars sitting there at, at both at six and three. If you look at playoff odds, um, which we were talking a little bit about this before we started here, the, the Jaguars have a lot higher playoff odds than the Titans do at this point. Both teams sitting at six and three, which was was kind of shocking to me, just from the standpoint of one, the, the Titans currently hold the tiebreaker of the Jaguars, um, having beat them beaten them in Jacksonville week two. The fact that you know obviously they get to play again and it'll be in Nashville. Um, so it was a little bit surprising to me to see that the Jaguars' odds were so much higher than the Titans. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm speculating here. They've already played the Steelers, and they've already played the Rams. So I think that's two big bullets that the Titans have left on their schedule. Um, and I, I think you'll see that, that percentage go up a little bit. But, yeah, it's not all that puzzling to, to look at. To, to see that number when you look at their schedule, you know they go Jacksonville will go Cleveland, Arizona, Indy. They've got Seattle left, Houston, and San Fran and Titans. So, yeah, they're probably going to win the majority of those. Uh, and you know the Titans still have the Steelers and, and the Rams as kind of their their two tough games they've got to get past. So uh, I can understand that. Uh, but at the same time, I think both teams are, are really in good spots to, to get a wild card. You know, they don't necessarily have to lose or, or win the division. 
Uh, I, I think with the, the lack of strength in the AFC this year, one of those teams are probably going to get that wild card spot. Yeah, sure. So heading into this weekend, the, the and this is these are numbers. Um, the Jaguars had a ninety-five point seven percent chance of making the playoffs. The Titans had a fifty-six point seven percent chance of making the playoffs. Now the Titans number had was up twenty-four point five percent after the win over the Ravens, and this loss I think probably played into that as well. So, you know, I mean, still the odds are going up, and I'm sure that they'll go up even more again this week. But it's, it's interesting to me. The, the Jaguars go to Cleveland on Sunday. Don't be surprised if Jacksonville loses that game. Um, then I, the, the Titans almost lost in Cleveland, so uh, you know it, it wouldn't be wouldn't be that big of a shock to us just seeing because Cleveland's defense is good. Like you know their offense is obviously not any good at all, um, but they're, they're legitimately good, and you can't run the ball on Cleveland. They're, their front is is really really good. So I, mean, I think the Jaguars could go there and struggle because you're going to have to put the game on Blake Bortles' shoulders more than likely. Um, if the the only thing the, the only thing that obviously could mess this up is Cleveland's offense, but Jacksonville's defense is you know like pro- probably the best in the league at least in, in that conversation. Um, so you know whoever the Browns decide to play quarterback this week could absolutely throw two three pick sixes and you know the game could be over because of that. But if that doesn't happen, if Cleveland's ever able to take care of the ball a little bit, I'm just I don't I don't think their offense is going to be be able to go. To, there and, and do anything. We were talking about the end sequence of the uh, Chargers game from Sunday because if you were if you were following Music Miracles, like I wrote the the recap after the Titans game was over, and I wrote that the Jaguars had lost and the Titans were, were picking up a game, and it, that was because I was I was seeing that on Twitter. Um, oh, obviously I was watching the Titans, but then it, just a crazy turn of events. And just think about this: Blake Bortles threw. Two interceptions in the last minute of the fourth quarter, and Jacksonville still won the game. I mean, that is that's just bizarre. Yeah, and they kind of keep defying logic. You know, I, I feel like me and you have used logic with the Jaguars, and that's kind of where we're going wrong because <laughs> they just keep winning yes. with, with Blake Bortles and, and and nothing but Blake Bortles and Deaton, you know, Leonard Fournette, and they did it last week without Fournette. Uh, he wasn't a big factor in that game, so. Uh, like you were saying, the, the game with Cleveland, you would expect uh, a terrible Cleveland team uh, taking on the Jaguars. You'd expect that line to be pretty high. It's only seven points. Uh, so, and over-under right there is 37.5. So, it, it, Vegas is kind of following your thought process there that, you know, Browns aren't going to score a bunch. Jaguars aren't going to score a bunch, but the Jacksonville defense is just going to kind of wear. So, I uh, I kind of struggle seeing with seeing Cleveland win that game just because of the defense. Uh, whoever they start at quarterback, uh, who knows at this point, is going to struggle with that that Jaguars defense. Cleveland um, doesn't have anybody that can go make them a play. Uh, I don't think. Well, will Josh Gordon? Will Josh Josh Gordon be back? No, I think he's so got. I think he can practice next week. I don't, I don't think he's eligible to play until the week after. Corey Colson back supposedly, um, and, and I can't believe you're you know just poo pooing Kenny Britt. <laughs> no, no, Kenny Britt's jersey still hangs in my closet. Uh, he he hurt me. So. <laughs> um, no, Kenny Britt is an, an uninterested in Cleveland. So who's surprised by that? Yeah, uh, nobody. Um, nobody that watched him play here. Right. Uh, 
Here, here's something. Uh, pro football reference. I, I saw this on Twitter today. This is what brought my attention to this. Um, somebody asked if, if it had ever happened before that a team that was trailing inside of two minutes, their quarterback had thrown two interceptions, and they won the game. Um, and, and Pro Football Reference responded and said that in their database going back to 1994, only twice ever has a quarterback thrown an interception inside of the two-minute warning when his team was trailing and they came back to win. So there were two interceptions total, and they were not thrown by the same quarterback. So, you know, two different games, one interception each. So, I mean, it's just like you said, the, you, you try to apply logic here, and it just, it just doesn't work. But, all that being said, they're six and three. They have a really good defense. They have a good running game. They're a legitimate contender, no, no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. And um, you know, they, they they have for 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 having Blake Bortles as their they have done a really good job of building that team where that they they try to hide him. And, and for the most part, obviously this year they've been able to. So I mean, it's not like I'm saying they're not any good, good but I, I just I feel like. If the Titans can, can never put it all together, we've talked a lot about a, a complete game on offense yet. I just feel like having Marcus Mariota, having the weapons the Titans have on offense, I really feel like they sh- should be the better team, the Titans, and I really feel like they will be once this offense settles in and is clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, you're just talking about upside here. Uh, I mean, the upside clearly goes to the team with, with Marcus Mariota. Um, so I, I still think the Jags are limited. Like, what, what are they going to playoffs when when teams start to kind of force Bortles to win the game? You know, we we haven't seen it happen yet, but again, the Jags are playing a pretty soft schedule. So, what happens when that happens? I, I I'm not so sure. Uh, you know, that Seattle game, they get them. That'll be pretty interesting to see. Um, uh, but still. They they play some bad teams down the stretch, and they're going to be in contention. So just accept it. Uh, we might be looking at a really really interesting game on New Year's Eve that might be playing for the AFC South crown, which is just wild. I mean, Titans Jags for the AFC South. Uh, that's going back to some some late nineties stuff there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing, the thing a lot of people don't realize that you know that was the big thing in in 1999. I mean, it was the Jaguars and the Titans were the two best teams in the AFC that year, and um, the Titans beat the Jaguars all three times, one twice at what was now I think all Um and, and Jeff Fisher had the famous line of you know we've had what was it we had we've had four home or five home field. Five home fields in the last four years, or whatever. Or I guess it was four. Anyway, Memphis, Vanderbilt, Adelphia Coliseum, then and and Altel Stadium in Jacksonville. And obviously, <laughs> the, the Jaguars fans love that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I mean, it, it could be back to that, and, and it, I mean, it's fun, you know. And I, I think I, I think we will be looking at a spot where it's not going to be a, a elimination game. I think I, I really do think at this point that both of these teams are, are going to get into the playoffs. Uh, but it could be for the division title um, because, like you said, when you look at the schedule, the, the Titans still have the Seahawks left, and, and I mean the Titans still have the Steelers left this week, and then the Rams here, later, and then um, the the Jaguars still have to play the Seahawks. But other than that, it, there's not a lot of games that look really challenging on the schedule. So it, it could be in a spot where winner, you know, winner gets the, the division and a golf game, and the loser goes on the road, and it could, you could be looking at a deal where they turn and play each other, uh, you know, the next week. So, um, you know, it would just be interesting to, to watch. And, and the, the best thing about this is 
were talking about the Titans, you know, mid-November, having a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. And that's, that, that's what we wanted. You know, again, some people are not happy with the way the, the Titans have won these games in the last couple of weeks. But they're sitting at 6-3, and three, it tied for the lead, you know, had the tiebreaker for the lead in the division. And I'm, I'm just not sure what else you could ask for at this point. No, I mean, you could ask for some prettier wins. Uh, I don't... I don't yeah. think that's out of the question. Uh, you could ask for uh, some more consistent plays. Uh, you know, the, the Titans should have the Bengals by at least two scores, at least 14 points, probably. Uh, so uh, there's plenty to clean up. But you can't you can't really ask for anything better than six and three. You know, I mean, that Dolphins game still still eats at me. Yeah, but eats at everybody else too. But uh, still, great great shape. Um, you're looking at. What probably at least ten and six at this point. I, I mean, Rams and and Steelers are going to be tough. You don't know what's going to happen with the Jaguars. So uh, eleven and five is not out of the question. Uh, Twelve and four is not out of the question. So it, it it's wild to to kind of think about. But you, you look at the you look at the schedule. You got Colts, Texans, Cardinals, Forty ers and and Rams, Jaguars to finish. Uh, so. It all starts Thursday, though. I, I think we'll kind of get a gauge on whether or not this team is is ready for the big time, or if they're uh, maybe a year away. Sure, and yeah, and, and we'll get like I said, we'll get more into that later in the week. Uh, it is a good; it, it's going to be a good measuring stick for this team. And you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see that game, like you said, see how they measure up and, and just kind of go from there. Anything else we need to hit on tonight? I think that covers it. All right, so like I said, uh, we'll be back uh, probably not until so Wednesday. We'll have another podcast. So well, Thursday, Thursday we'll have another podcast uh, breaking down the Steelers game, and then we'll do a reaction podcast on Friday, recapping the game against the. Uh, between now and then, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry is at T Lambert FB. If you're if you're into groomers, um, <laughs> you know, Terry is uh, Terry's neck hot. and that stuff right They're now. Hot. Um, so you can, you can follow him for all that stuff. Uh, check out our site, MuseumMiracles.com, for a lot more on AFC South, Titans, all, all that stuff. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later this week. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.